what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast story time before we dive in today. I went to a really neat women's event about a week ago now, and it was really cool. There were four different presentations, so there was lots of learning happening. There was women from different generations and from different backgrounds and from different careers all connecting, right, and growing at the same time. Super powerful space. Now, one of the women that was doing a presentation stood up, and during her presentation, she had two images on... a a screen that she was showing during her presentation. On the left side was an image of her many years prior where she was depressed in a really dark place and looked, looked it, right? And then on the right side was an image of her today, right? The woman that she was presenting herself as that was revived and full of life and vibrant, right? But at the top of this screen, it said... I'm not supernatural. And I was sitting there just thinking, but you are though. (laughs) You actually are supernatural, right? So it's just interesting, the word choice. And it just hit me though, that so many of us walk around without being supernatural, when we have access to be supernatural. What she was implying there was I'm not superhuman, right? Even, even you know, in the best of times, we don't have capacity to push ourselves, right? We can push ourselves to a certain degree, but inevitably, once you hit a certain point, you can break, right? Especially though, if you're relying on your own strength and understanding, you're not superhuman, but you are supernatural, right? So that was an interesting thing that stuck out to me. Then another story I was brunching with some ladies, and it was so refreshing and so fun just to connect. These ladies are relatively new to Austin and in really cool places in their life and just beautiful women, right? But our discussion was really centered on, on God and having a relationship with God and exploring your spirituality and your purpose and your identity and how that affects relationships, how that affects how you apply yourself in your life, ultimately how it affects what you express in the world too and how you limit yourself or not. So this was a profound discussion because I hadn't thought about how challenging this can be for people, right? Just this idea of doing your inner work, starting to renew your mind, starting to think about what you're thinking about, starting to grow in emotional intelligence and emotional health, not just mental health, starting to 
really entertain, right, the reality that you are a spirit in a body, right? So that being said, it makes a lot of sense to assess your spiritual health and assess how you develop that spirit that you are, right? Not just your soul, which I say your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. So also discipline and self-mastery, your ability to assert your will, right? So from this conversation, I was just sitting there thinking, wow, so many people say all of these fun buzzwords, right? Like inner work or like soul care or like uh, soul work or spirituality, but not everybody knows what that means, especially if you're not exploring it and we're not encouraged to explore it. And yet it makes up the core of who you are and your foundation in life. So I just wanted to start with those stories today because so many of us, and I know I lived a majority of my life this way, I didn't think that I was made for more or that, you know, I I didn't know how to access any of this spiritual side of myself, right? I desired it. I craved it. I had a strong sense and knowing that that was where my soul was being drawn, right? Because I really wanted to align my soul with my spirit, but I didn't practically and simply know how to do that. So in many different seasons of my life, I would keep seeking and searching and pursuing wisdom and pursuing knowledge and pursuing things like self-awareness or self-mastery or how to know myself or purpose, why I'm here, right? And as I started doing that work, it just kept building and building and building over time, right? But it's, it totally changes your life is what I can tell you when you actually know who you are, whose you are, what you carry, why you're here. Because then you can get busy about a different kind of business, okay? And life becomes very exciting (laughs) when that happens. So, Just wanted to propose a couple of questions. Do you struggle knowing that your life is important to God and that he wants to use you to change the world? I was a hard yes. (laughs) Can you dare to believe that God wants you to have more power to see things change in your life and the lives of those around you? For me, I was desperate for that, right? So hungry for that. Did you know that God created you to live a supernatural life? So powerful, right? Living a supernatural life announces to the world that God is real, okay? And I don't know about you, but I personally believe we need more examples and evidence of that all around us, especially as the world is getting darker. So I have a spiritual journey agreement, if you want to look at it that way. And I just want to read this to you so you can just really receive and see if it resonates with you. Okay. So essentially you would say, I, whatever your name is, and then read this to yourself and then sign the agreement and just date it. Okay. So here it is. I, Juliana, declare I must lead in every area of my life. I will no longer settle for living a life less than what I know God's called me to live. I've had enough experiences living less than my best. I know it's my time to change. God has set me up for success. I will dedicate myself to enrich the quality of my life from what it is 
right now. I will persevere under any circumstance to act upon the healthy mindsets which are outlined in the word of God, which are going to empower me. I will not leave any healthy perspective unlearned and will relentlessly work to empower my life and push beyond my known limits into God's marvelous provision. I am responsible for shaping my destiny and entrust my ability to see that through. I understand that the only way to real success is by having an excellent state of mind, and I'm willing to vigorously work to create and enhance it. I am ready to love my life in the never-ending journey of self-growth using the unlimited power of the Holy Spirit. I am ready to attain a burning desire, compelling vision, and a passion for life that only God can provide. And then sign and date it. Right? So powerful. So, so powerful, right? So I don't know if this has happened for you, but I definitely got to this point that I call an enough is enough point where I just decided that every area of my life is under my responsibility. No matter what has happened to me, it is still my responsibility how I show up and how I lead my life, right? So given that, a lot of us want to avoid that. Because <laughs> if we are responsible, that means that we actually are then required to do something about things in our life and we can't assign blame, right? So when it's up to us, then we have to take responsibility for everything in our life. And many times folks, particularly myself at the time, did not want to do that. That seems scary because then what do I do, right? But I, I stepped out knowing that I was created for more and also hungry to not have to live life in my own strength. I desperately wanted discernment <laughs> and wisdom to guide my life, right? I wanted a manual to guide my life. I was tired of just winging it and using just grit and guts to figure it out and take risks and just have a hard time, right? I knew I was created for more and I knew my quality of life could totally shift too if God were in fact real. And I didn't know that by personal experience. And so I got to the enough is enough point where I was willing to get out of my own way and to try faith, <laughs> to attempt to build a relationship with God and just see how it goes, right? And for a lot of people, that is how it happens, right? You don't know until you know, okay? But the neat thing is that everyone, when it comes to the kingdom of God, when you are a born again believer, everyone gets to play, okay? So thinking about spiritual lives, no one in our spiritual family, so to speak, has to live with sadness, right? In God's kingdom, everyone gets to play and play big and everyone can participate and contribute. No one has to sit on the sidelines wishing they could live a meaningful life. We can make a lasting eternal contribution by simply unwrapping the gift we've already received. But that is entirely up to every one of us, right? So there's this luxury of expecting a pastor or a spiritual leader to, you know, reach around the world and, and do all the work, right? But that's not how it happens. We need the gifts of the spirit activated in every spiritual life, okay? It's an all hands on deck kind of journey. 
every man and woman operating entirely in the grace of God made available to them. It's a wake-up call where you decide to have a grace revolution in your life, right? You start, you decide to partner with God and allow him to work in and through you in the world, right? I write a lot about this in my book called God's Vibes Matter, Co-Laboring with God, how you actually partner with God to bring his purposes on earth, right? To release his plans in the earth. So the gifts of the spirit are essential to the core contribution of every believer. And it's really the only way to to live a fulfilled life where it's not in your own strength, right? It's not by might nor by force, but by the spirit, says the Lord, okay? So I just wanted to highlight that because a lot of us live blind to the gifts of the spirit. And so just a couple of facts about them. Number one, you don't want to be ignorant to your spiritual gifts, okay? So it actually says from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he had a message. It says, what I want to talk to you about now is the various ways God's spirit gets worked into our lives. This is a complex and often misunderstood process, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everyone else did it. It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. Okay, so one is like just being a follower (laughs) and another is being a leader, right? So Paul's last words in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 31 says, earnestly desire the best gifts. Okay, so earnestly means burning with passion and striving after and being zealous, right? So this is something we don't want to just be ignorant of the gifts, right? A lot of times too, even when it comes to reading the word of God, we're like, I don't know, it's too complicated. Well, that's your your unrenewed self saying that, right? Because it's the spirit of God that makes the word alive and active for you so that you can actually apply it to your life and obey it and implement it in your life. So don't be ignorant of your spiritual gifts. I'm going to highlight those here just so you can be aware of them. Two, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Okay. So Paul says you're longing, pursuing, and coveting the gifts of the spirit is a holy desire. Do you want to operate in the supernatural? Good. That is a righteous pursuit. (laughs) Like enough said, right? So why would Paul give so much time and thought to spiritual gifts? And since all scripture is God breathed, we see spiritual gifts are essential to God. And how do we assume this? Gifts of the spirit were given four times, four times more time and space in the Bible than baptism and communion. It communicates that the gifts have a priority. Okay. And then lastly, number three, spiritual gifts can help the church, right? The body of Christ, every believer grow in power and strength. Okay. So Paul taught the early church about their spiritual gifts from the very beginning. He wanted the church to grow in strength and power, increasing in numbers. So if you think about it, nobody was mature enough to be an elder or a deacon at that point right? They were all new believers. So Paul was encouraging them to unwrap and practice the gifts 
given to them by the Holy Spirit. And it was an easy way for Paul and others to discern what vital gifts they could offer the church. And it also gave early church leaders clarity in what spiritual stewardship they might have in the future. And God desires that for us today, right? We don't just have spiritual leaders, right? We're all designed to be spiritual leaders, strangely enough, okay? So when we discover our spiritual gifts, we gain clarity on our unique role in the kingdom of God, okay? That happens with every one of us, okay? As we experience each other's gifts, we witness how God created these gifts to contribute, leaving us encouraged and strengthened. We need each other, right? When you think about body, right? There's so many parts. You have a head, you have arms, you have legs, <laughs> you have the stomach and the core, right? You need all of those parts to function, to fully function. And it's true of us in the church, right? Us as a body of believers, as a community of believers, right? So our spiritual gifts help us to contribute tangibly and authentically, not mimicking each other, but allowing the grace of God to function uniquely, creating godly diversity. So spiritual gifts are the fastest way to help the church grow in strength and power, and they enable every man and woman to play big in the kingdom. Okay, so just wanted to share that because I think it's something that's not often told or taught, right? We don't always have that awareness of how powerful we are and what access we have, but we are actually supernatural. And living an effective life begins with deciding how I'm going to steward my time, talent, and treasure, right? You have to recognize, one, that you have that, and then you become a leader and authority in your life and decide how you're going to steward those things, okay? So effectiveness really means living my life, accomplishing my fully created function, okay? So I'm going to experience life at its full creative capacity, the way God had in mind, right? It's deciding, again, how I'm going to steward my time, my talents, and my treasures. Where am I going to invest? Okay? Where am I going to contribute? Right? What is available for me to develop? That's really important to start paying attention to and just assess. Okay? Now, when it comes to gifts and talents, I just want to highlight this. There's a difference between the two, okay? So spiritual gifts depend on supernatural power. They are given by God. They instruct, they inspire, build up all of the saints, right? All of the born-again believers to, to be of service. They're supernatural. They're given at new birth, being born again, and they're uh, special graces of the spirit. Okay. Now talents depend on natural power and strength. They are also given by God, instruct, inspire, entertain on a natural level. They're natural. They're given at birth and there's a common grace of the spirit there. Okay. So natural talents are relevant, right? The Holy Spirit will use your natural talents too, right? You can have, for example, musical or artistic or linguistic talent, and the Holy Spirit can use those talents even though they're not spiritual skills, okay? And your natural abilities can inspire and provoke, but they cannot transform like your spiritual gifts. They can only complement. So that's really the distinguisher there, okay? So just wanted to highlight that really quickly. 
And then what I want to just share is how you activate your gifts and then what some of them are just so that you have that awareness. Okay. So let me just walk you through what the nine gifts are so you can have that awareness if you've never heard that before. Now, if you are well-versed in this, that is amazing. This could just be assessment of, are you hungering after, seeking these things, pursuing these? Where are you at with that, right? Okay, so, dun, dun, dun. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, three, three, six, nine. Okay, so. Let me grab them here. Just wanted to make sure that I'm in the right spot with my notes here. Dun, dun. Okay. So how do you use your gifts? Or first I was going to tell you what your gifts are, right? So the nine gifts of the spirit, there's nine of them according to the word of God, right? So the first one is the word of wisdom. And this is the unique ability to speak forth the wisdom of God, especially in a critical situation. Okay, this is a gift of the spirit. So, for example, when I started really working in recovery ministry, I started seeing this really get activated when I was leading women through different healing and recovery. So powerful. All right. Word of knowledge. This is the unique ability to declare knowledge that could only be revealed supernaturally. I actually see this happen while coaching, which is so, so powerful. To me, that is a game changer when you can coach with God versus without God, right? Now that I have hindsight, I can see why it's necessary for sure. I wouldn't want to coach any other way. Number three, the gift of faith. So through faith, Oh, so though faith is an essential part of every believer's life, right? The gift of faith is the unique ability to trust God against all circumstances. So I have seen this particularly operate in my own life when I'm in situations of long suffering, okay? So I know that I am letting the spirit take over for sure when, you know, I'm challenged with my human self, right? Like, I could be like red flag boundary standards, right? Like I could just have all of these things that in my human self, I'm like, nope. But if I am being led to to lean in and to press in and to trust and to surrender, it's usually because there's a gift of faith there to do that. And it's partnered with the fruit of the spirit too, which is super powerful. The gift of healing. This is God's healing power, either given or received, Number five is the working of miracles, and this is acts of power, basically, but the Holy Spirit chooses to override the laws of nature, okay? So kind of like a pilot might use manual controls, right? But the Holy Spirit chooses to override the laws of nature, working in or through an available person. Super cool. So you can see this sometimes with healing with the laying on of hands and just working different miracles. The gift of prophecy. This is the fourth telling of God's message in a particular situation, always in alignment with his word and his current work. I love prophecy. Love it. Number seven, discerning of spirits. 
this is what I wanted more than anything. <laughs> I wanted discernment, right? I wanted to be able to test the spirits to know what they're up, to know what is operating behind a person or operating in an environment, right? And understand what that is. And you need spiritual eyes and supernatural sensing to have that, right? So this is the ability to distinguish between true and false doctrine and between what is of the Holy Spirit and what isn't, okay? Number eight, different kinds of tongues. So the gift of tongues benefits those other than the speaker as they can hear and agree with the tongue, the speaker's words. So let me say this differently. The, the gift of tongues benefits those other than the speaker as they can hear and agree with the tongue speaker's words to God. Okay, so tongues, if you've ever experienced it personally, right, you might not even know what's happening, but you're, you're having, you're speaking with the supernatural, right? So it's not going to make sense necessarily in the natural, but spiritually you can understand it. Okay, and the number nine, interpretation of tongues, the supernatural enablement to decipher and speak forth an unknown tongue in an intelligible language. So often this is getting a divine download from God and being able to speak it forth. Okay. So these are nine gifts of the spirit. Now, just going to cover very quickly as we close here, how to activate these in your life. Because if you're just hearing about these or you never knew that you could activate them or grow powerfully in them, you've been missing out. Right? So the acronym I have for this to activate your supernatural gifts is by faith, F-A-I-T-H, okay? So, God has made us holy in every way. All three parts, spirit, soul, and body, right, can hold God and be filled by him. That is supernatural. So to say you're not supernatural is a lie. (laughs) Or to say that you can't connect with God, right, isn't true either, okay? So he created us to have relationship and he created us to hold and be filled by him. Okay. And once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't help but express who God is to those around you through each of those parts, your body, your mind, and your spirit. So you're a spiritual being and just like a hand fits inside a glove, so God's spirit fits inside your spirit. Okay. And your spirit was created to contain him fully. But we don't often live that way. The Bible actually teaches us that we have a spirit. And before we are born again spiritually, that spirit is dead in us because of sin. So we have to be awakened, right? Super important to recognize that, okay? Now, the easiest way to understand what a dead spirit is, is to picture a deflated balloon inside of you, okay? The balloon is your spirit. And even before you were converted, it was dead to Christ, deflated. Okay, and every one of us has a spirit, but most of us live with a dead spirit. When you were made alive in Christ, the Holy Spirit came to live inside you. He instantly inflated your spirit. You became big on the inside. This is why the Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he's a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Amen. Hallelujah, right? So you've had a spiritual awakening. That's how you can really know that you're a new creation. The old things have passed away. You're no longer walking the earth merely alive to external experiences, but dead on the inside. 
Okay, now you live free from the weight of sin and are filled with the Spirit of God. And you live from the inside out versus outside in, right? So Paul, when he was mentoring Timothy, told him, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. So in Greek, stir up means to kindle a fire. So he challenges Timothy to stir up the embers and rekindle the fire that's in danger of going out. So how do we activate our spiritual gifts? We fan the flame within. If we do that, our spiritual gifts won't grow cold due to disuse. It's kind of like working out too. If you don't work the muscles, you'll lose them. Okay? So faith. Faith is that the F there is that we have to free our spirit. That's what happens when you are born again. You free your spirit. A is anticipate a good outcome. So as humans, we're really good, like too good, experts even, at anticipating negative things. It's not our fault, right? Our brains are survival brains, right? Our brains automatically do this to help protect us from danger. So if we can anticipate danger, then we'll be prepared and most likely survive. But as spirit-led believers, right, uh, we, we get to show up differently, right? We're called to actually anticipate God coming through for us, okay? Which means anticipating a good outcome. We believe that God is good and he's in a good mood and he's going to help, <laughs> right? So David, King David actually said, yes, the Lord keeps raining down blessing after blessing and prosperity will drench the land in a bountiful harvest for deliverance goes before him, preparing a path for his steps. So you know David too, if you've read the Psalms, he had a tendency of just freaking out and then drifting back into praise and worship. It's pretty awesome. It helps us just understand our condition, right? But anticipation means the act of anticipating something, an expectation or a prediction. So when we anticipate God to come through, we can predict that he will because we know him and he wants to. Okay, so anticipate a good outcome. How do we activate our spiritual gifts? We have a holy anticipation. We are crystal clear that God has given us gifts and he wants us to use and enjoy them. They're not just for some special people. They're for all of us, right? It's not if, but when. We can predict he's going to move. He's going to move, okay? I is imagine what God wants to do. Imagine what God wants to do. How often do you imagine what God's going to do versus just imagine the worst thing happening, right? God wants to change the world through your life. And he has big dreams for you, for me, for everyone. And he's come to live inside of us to empower and employ us for his work on earth. So no one receives a little bit of the Holy Spirit. Everyone gets entirely insufficiently filled, okay? We all get the same Holy Spirit. So let me remind you, the Holy Spirit is very powerful. The exact same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now living in you, okay? That's a big deal. And your Spirit then, right, communicates with God because Spirit talks to Spirit, okay? So your alive Spirit, not your dead Spirit, your alive Spirit gives you the ability to hear God's voice and understand His thoughts, right? So prior to being born again, right, and freeing your spirit, you might not have been able to even read the word of God and it made no sense to you. But then when you're born again, right, you give your life over to the Lord, you give your life to Christ, right? You become a spirit-led Christian. You actually are able to hear God's voice. You're able to understand his thoughts. You're able to 
read the word and have it activated for you. I like to to describe that as just certain parts of it are almost just being highlighted to you and stand out to you in a way that never made sense before, right? So ponder the wonder of the power flowing between you and God. Just think about that, right? You can know God and his thoughts, right? And God definitely knows you and your thoughts, but there's the depths of God, right? There's so much that he wants to reveal to you. And he wants you to know how he thinks, particularly about him and about who he put you on this earth to be, how he formed, shaped, and anointed you so that you can fully operate in that, right? So how do you do that? You focus your attention on listening for the voice of God. So whether you're reading the word of God, whether you're just spending time in prayer, right? Whether you're surrounding yourself with other believers and learning more about the word of God and applying it in your life, learning more about the gifts, right? He can then, right, you'll experience him speaking to you and working through you. So take time to imagine what it would be like to say and do exactly what you see your father in heaven saying and doing, right? We have a model. You can model yourself after God, okay? And as you do that, you you begin to grow and understand him more. T is trustfully in Jesus. So when we totally and wholeheartedly surrender to Christ, we give him a signed blank check, Okay? We provide him with access to our whole selves, our body, soul, and spirit. And trusting in Jesus is not a one-time event. It's an always an act of trust. And the Bible is full of men and women that God calls who are not intellectually impressive. In fact, if you've read the word, you know this. Many times he has to empty them out before he can use them. So when we lean on our own understanding only, we're not able to accomplish what God has called us to do. That's why we're encouraged in Proverbs to trust in the Lord with all our hearts, lean not on our own understanding, and all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path, right? So when we depend wholly on the Holy Spirit, he can perform miracles through us, okay? So to God, trust equals faith, and faith equals risk. If we really trust God, then we're going to have to take risks at some point, okay? You have to take risks. That's just how you do this one. You trust and you take risk. We have to. The miracle does not take place until you put yourself in a position of risk. So what what do I mean by risk? Speak out what it is that God has been revealing to you. Step out and act on what God has been showing you. Identify the impressions that Holy Spirit gives you. You can do this, right? And every one of us is a believer. That's where we all start. (laughs) But you can really grow and operate in this. And then lastly, H, help those around you. So the supernatural gifts were not given to us to look cool, okay? They were provided to help us help those around us, right? They were created to help us know the reality of God as creator and the love that he has for us, right? So think about that. So, so important. It says in 1 Corinthians with Paul again, earnestly desire and strive for the greater gifts. If acquiring them is going to be your goal, and yet I will show you a still more excellent way, one of the choicest graces and the highest of them all, unselfish love. That's the motivation. Okay, so Paul Paul's encouragement, his first encouragement is desire and strive after the gifts eagerly, right? That's part of it. 
but he wants us to, to make sure that our hearts are right and that that desire is motivated by love. We need a love filter, okay? So pursuing gifts out of love. Study the way of love. I like to say master in the major thing, which is love and minor in the minor things, right? So before we operate in our spiritual gifts, we should ask ourselves some questions. Is this, is what I'm doing about, or say it this way, is what I'm about to do loving? Is what I'm about to do kind? Is what I'm about to do self-seeking? Is what I'm about to do boastful? Is what I'm about to do dishonoring? Those are self-checks if you really want to operate out of love. Okay? So just a little recap today. You are absolutely supernatural when you are born again believer and you have the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you. Okay? just is what it is. You are supernatural and you can connect and grow in relationship with God and grow in activating and operating in your spiritual gifts. Okay. And we activate those by stirring them up and fanning the flame by having a holy anticipation and expecting a good outcome by living sufficiently filled with the Holy Spirit, maintaining that connection by listening for God's voice to grow an understanding of his thoughts by anticipating God speaking to us and working through us by trusting in God, active trust. Remember it's active trust by taking risks, by helping those around us and by activating love, right? Having a filter of love in the world. So I know this is a lot, but I just wanted you to think about and explore that you are supernatural. Just consider that today and recognize that you can discover more about your spiritual gifts and you can activate those and use those in your daily life. That's how you're designed, right? It's not meant to be something that's optional or just for some people. That is how you're designed to live. You're designed to live fully and powerfully in the world and you do this by operating in your spiritual gifts, and in the power that God has given you. All right? So I hope this planted some seeds. It's mind-boggling in the best way. (laughs) But every day then gets to become an adventure. So I just want to challenge you to think about that and start to maybe bring this to prayer as well about how God wants to be activating you in this season, what you can fan a flame on the inside so that you can power, powerfully transform not only yourself, but the lives of those around you and release whatever he wants to release, right? You can align with his purposes and plans wherever he's placed you. All right. Super exciting. If you want to learn more about these things individually, this was a super high level overview just to give you a sense, but We go deeply into this kind of stuff and how to practically align this with your life in the God's Vibes Mastermind. There also are a few spots left for one-on-one coaching. So if you want coaching that is partnered with God, if you want God all up in your coaching with prayer, with wisdom, with direction, with biblical truth and principles, there are some spots available to partner with me as your coach over at julianapage.com. There's also the book I mentioned, Co-Laboring with God. That would be a great tool 
to consider how to really partner and grow in relationship and trust with God as well. So all of those can be found over at julianapage.com. And until next time, stay blessed. <laughs>